Hello and welcome to the ep- episode uh, eleven tate elevated penis of talk the talk ring cock rod mast. I'll be glad when I haven't got done any more of these. To be honest, it's just getting ridiculous. Episode eleven of the Talking Cock podcast with me, Richard Herring. We're getting very close to the end of these. This might even be the last one of these I do. The tour is nearly over. It's gone very well. Thank you for. For coming if you did uh, in fact last Bristol you know not, hopefully not literally though I think some of you perverts perhaps have done um I did last weekend in Bristol I did have quite an interesting experience but occasionally people get a little bit frisky in fact I'll just read you um the uh, the metro column I've written about this I'll read it right now this includes one of the jokes that's in the show but we're getting near to the uh, the end of the tour I think we can risk it uh, as a younger and less married man, I used to be a bit obsessed with the seemingly unattainable fantasy of a threesome. I'd pester my former girlfriend, why don't you bring your best friend to bed with us, eh? Three in a bed, menage a trois, them lezzing up. She'd reply, you've got enough trouble, trouble satisfying one woman at a time, what makes you think you could cope with two? She thought that she got me there, thought that was clever, she was so wrong. I'd say, well that's the entire beauty of the system. When I'm done, you two can finish each other off for me, whilst I sleep. A woman knows what a woman wants, and has the patience to see it through, to its tedious conclusion. She finished finished with me shortly after that conversation, so then I was reduced to having one-in-a-bed sex, menage a un, which worked out great for me, because I've forgotten I really like having sex with someone that I pity. It's the only way I can get off. Now middle-aged and married, I'm largely untroubled by the sex-mad groupies who blight blight the life of comedians like Russell Brand. I do pity him. Given the slightly saucy nature of my latest show, Talking Cock, occasionally audience members can be a little bit cheeky or jokerly flirtatious with me, but that's where it normally ends. However, last Saturday's show, a woman sidled up to me in the bar, pushed against me and whispered in my ear, Do you fancy a blowy? I laughed, thanking her for her offer, assuming it was another joke, and showed her my wedding ring. She informed me she was married too, indicating her husband, who was standing a couple of paces away with a rictus grin and slightly mad staring eyes. She said, he just told me he'd really like to watch while I pleasure you. Her husband said nothing, just looked at me in quite an intense way, resembling one of those lustful satyrs that decorated the frescoes of ancient Rome. Even if I was single and had wanted to receive fellatio from this forward stranger, and I'm not sure I would, I wouldn't have been all that happy knowing that this odd man was in the room observing us. I think I might have found it hard to relax, fearing that halfway through he might suddenly shout, What are you doing with my wife? and attack me, or worse still, join in. You have to be careful what you wish for. It might come true. I did admire a boldness, though. Most people might waste hours or days getting to know you before suggesting they ingest your genitalia, but not her. I'd given no indication that I was up for having my lollipop licked in front of a wild-eyed, presumably onanistic audience of one, but that didn't stop her. Perhaps recent news stories have just convinced her that all entertainers are perverts willing to carry out any grotesque act with anyone or anything they encounter, but I'm disappointingly vanilla in my sexual taste and I was left in the awkward position of finding a polite way to turn this kind offer down without causing offence. I said, I don't think my wife would be very happy about it. I've never been more delighted to be married. Even the moment my wife said I do was not as good as this moment when I said I can't, having a valid excuse to avoid being murdered by this confused and voluntarily cuckolded madman. I'm flattered that they both enjoyed my show so much, but really, if you like my comedy, the only thing you need to shake is my hand. I don't mind if your husband watches that. That's fine. And uh, so that was quite an interesting thing to happen uh, on tour. Uh, they had a very good week in Bristol and Belfast, especially in Nottingham. Uh, this week I'm off on slightly less well-attended gigs. So it'd be lovely to see you. I was in um, 
Great Torrington last night, which was the lowest audience I've had so far. But I think it might be topped by the upcoming gigs, uh, unless you can do something to save me. Uh, in Hereford on Saturday the 18th, Swindon Sunday the 19th, Exeter on the 20th is selling quite well, but there are still tickets. Tewkesbury on the 21st, Tring on the 22nd, Reading on the 23rd is sold out, Milton Keynes on the 24th, uh, Hartford on the 25th, and Regent's Park in London on the 26th. And then there's two more gigs um, the 31st of May in Derby and the 1st of June in Leicester. And maybe I'll do another podcast next week. You never know. But let's assume this is the last one. I did get another uh, email from, uh, from someone called... Well, actually, talk, let's do this one first. Talking of threesome, Steve Wilson, because I did do my threesome story last week. I probably apologise if I repeated a joke there. Uh, Steve Wilson says, Driving back from Wales, listening to your threesome story, really got me thinking and I got sudden cravings and urges. Driving on the M4, I could not do anything to mitigate these urges. I couldn't wait to get home as I knew what would be waiting for me. Needless to say, that evening I spent four hours playing The Legend of Zelda and I can now see where Chloe was coming from. It's awesome. Best evening ever, uh, Steve Wilson. So thanks for joining in, Steve. But I got another email from Vicky, which is quite an interesting uh, turnout. So everyone's getting a little bit frisky in uh, Talking Cock. It's, it's worth coming along just to see what happens. Uh, she says, question, what is the best way for a man to convince a woman who's only slept with women for the last 10 years to have sex with him? Answer, take her to see Talking Cock. That is going on the poster, if I ever do this show again. Uh, she says, around a year ago, that was the tactic that my first male date in more than a decade employed. Quite obviously, the answer to cure my penis anxiety was to have me sit through two hours of phallic-based humour. I sat terrified as you spoke about things I've never even heard of. What the fuck is a banjo string, I thought. I wonder what the hell I was doing sitting next to this cock-harbouring creature. However, as the the barrage of all things Wang related continued. My anxiety began to wane. Anxiety began to wane. Slowly I began to laugh rather than tremble while my hand crept onto my date's thigh. That night I had sex with a man for the first time in 10 years. So on behalf of my boyfriend, yes, the same guy, and I, I'd like to extend our gratitude. He's been a huge fan of yours since Fist of Fun and could often be seen sitting for days on end front and centre during your Edinburgh podcast. And now he has yet another reason to sing your praises. Once again, many thanks. We look forward to attending your Leicester Square podcast later this year. They'll be in May and June if you want to come. Uh, Vicky, the cock-loving lesbian. She describes herself as, P.S. I'm yet to find out what a banjo string is. Well, you're not uh, paying much attention to your boyfriend's penis. So this show can turn gay women straight. That is the... I think I might try and sell it to the uh, certain church groups who will be delighted to hear about this. Um, so I think it's you know, that's pretty good. If you bring along a lesbian... I'm not saying it's guaranteed that she'll have sex with you, but it's happened at least once. And if it can happen once, it can happen again. So uh, I, <laughs> um, that's quite nice, isn't it? So, yeah, it's, it's made everyone a, a little bit frisky. So um, and talking of women, uh, I wanted to, I'll do a couple more questions from the from the questionnaire. I asked women on the survey, what if you had a penis for a day, what would you do? Uh, there are lots of very similar answers to this. Uh, I'll just, uh, some of these may be a little bit repetitive, but these are some of the funniest ones. One, wank. This is all women, of course. One, wank. Two, fuck a woman. Three, fuck my boyfriend up the arse. Four, wank. So uh, that's quite common aspirations. Uh, someone else says, get a blowjob to see what all the fuss is about. Masturbate. Fuck a girl in both holes to see what the difference is. There's three holes. Yeah, at least. Get a raging hard-on in public to see how difficult it is to hide. I'd probably try one of those fleshlight gadgets too. Really? You've only got a day. At least have sex with human beings. Uh, see how high I could pee up something and make it twirl about like a helicopter. Very popular answers, both of those. 
I would definitely, this is someone else, have sex with a fanny with a bum, float it in the bath, put it in cold water and make it shrivel, think sexy thoughts to make it big and hard, see how quickly I could make it come, try and suck it, get someone else to suck it, see how far I could piss with it, piss out of a moving vehicle. I've had a penis for, you know, 46 years. Uh, nearly, and I've never thought of doing that. Uh, so well done for thinking of that, doing that in a day. Put it in a glory hole of some kind. Uh, dress it up in a sock, fancy dress. Uh, sock? Okay. See how far my spunk would travel. Busy day, says that correspondent. Uh, this one's quite a clever one. A couple of people pointed out. Get a promotion. Yes, that's a little bit of satire amongst the cock jokes. Prove that it's possible to piss in the toilet bowl and not all over the floor. I'm not sure you would be able to prove that. I really don't. I think you'd be surprised. I think that might be the most surprising thing that women would find about having a penis. They think it's a wonderful pee uh, distributor, which it is in many ways, especially compared to what the ladies are given. But it's very, very hard to get it, uh, especially as you get older. Right, fellas? You know what I'm saying? I can barely hit the toilet at all. It nearly goes on the floor. Um, someone else says, enjoy being able to orgasm in under a minute. Again, you might be surprised. might be surprised that for some of us that isn't so easy. Yeah, I'm talking about myself, ladies. Yeah, uh, I'd probably play with it and take mental notes for the future. So that's quite a nice one. Someone who's thinking of their potential future partners. Uh, I, someone else says I'd make do until I got my clitoris back, which is is you know a good answer I think. Although you know you might have a clitoris and a penis. How about that? Uh, it doesn't say your clitoris would be replaced by a penis. It just says you'd have a penis. It might not even be on your groin. It might be kind of on your head, which no one's thought of. That if I was a genie, that's what I would do. Uh, I'd wrap it up in pretty ribbons and take photos of it. Says someone else. I'd slap someone around the face with it. Um, and someone else is similar to what answer before. Wave it around like a helicopter in front of a mirror for hours and hours and make it into funny shapes. That's what you do with 24 hours with a penis. Write my name in the snow, another popular answer. Screw like a bonobos monkey. I'd love it and would wear a huge belt with Levi's 501s, taking off slowly in front of my girlfriend and popping my buttons open. So someone's really thought that through their fantasy, which is nice. Uh, microwave an apple pie, wait an hour for it to cool and stick it in there. If they've made a lot of load of shit films about that, some good must surely come out of it. I'm not sure. Um, masturbate. Get a huge pot of lube and wank, wank, wank. Then I'd lube up my boyfriend and do him in the bum. He's by and totally up for that. And come in him. Then maybe later we can penis joust. Use them as swords, if I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, I'd go to... I don't suppose it is a different thing. Uh, I'd go to one of those places you can make cast of your body parts and get a replica made of my penis so my boyfriend can enjoy it after my day is over. It's some, you know, within all the crudity of that, there's something beautiful and poetic, almost romantic about that. Uh, get it really sweaty and smelling like off prawns mixed with hamster cage, then grab my ex-husband's head and force my penis into his mouth, holding his head there so he can't back away and making him gag just to show him why I found it objectionable. There's a fair amount of re re revenge within all this. A uh, slightly uh, weird one. Write a disparaging letter to Jermaine Greer in Spunk. This would take a lot of wanking, so it would probably take the whole day. <laughs> Uh, so I did enjoy uh, those answers. That's uh, women who wanted a penis for a day. And I did also just ask guys uh, if they had any funny stories about their penis, I think, or anything else they wanted to say. Uh, I'll now read those out. How, how long have we done? Yeah, only 11 minutes, that's fine. Uh, I once bashed it into a fence while running away from a married woman's house in just my pants. I was being pursued by an angry Scottish wife-beating husband. I think that's a Scottish man who beat his wife, not a man who beats Scottish yeah, whatever. Uh, it's still a dangerous person to be having sex with the wife of, I would say. I then ended up face down in someone's garden, having fallen over the fence I was leaping over. Because at least you survived what sounds like a very dangerous, uh, perilous 
situation to be in. When we were children, a friend of mine thought it would be funny to show me his penis. As children do, I think, I decided to do the same. My parents later told me I couldn't be friends with him anymore because I'd showed him my penis. He obviously forgot to say he did the same. What a dick. Or maybe, what a dick. I don't know. Maybe he's just impressed by the penis he saw many years ago. This one uh, I don't quite understand. I can hold nearly three pounds of copper coins in my scrotum. This is a party trick I call bollock bank. I mean, I'm presuming he doesn't insert them like in through a hole into his scrotum into where all the epididymis and tubules are. I presume he somehow, if this is true, it's not true. Maybe it is true. Uh, trying to explain my DIY toilet roll hot sex toy when I managed to get a lady back home for dinner, she can't believe she didn't believe my explanation and never called me again. If you're going to have a lady back, if you go out for dinner with a lady or a gentleman, do hide away your embarrassing homemade sex toys just in case you get lucky. I know it's unlikely if you're the kind of person who has a DIY toilet roll holder sex toy. Uh, yes, my cock would look great on Cameron's forehead. I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. Are you saying that everyone thinks your penis would look great on Cameron's forehead or that everyone thinks their cock would look great on Cameron's forehead. I'm not sure either of those things are true. It's never struck me before. Uh, I don't think it would look really good and I wouldn't really like my penis being up against something so unhygienic. I once came all over a partner's parents' living room wall by mistake during a facial climax. Said parents returned sometime later and pointed it out, asking what the streaky mark and where it was and where it had come from. We blamed the cat. I mean, I don't know if they blamed the cat for... Well, whatever, who knows. When I was eight, I once pulled my pants down and walked across a stage during my primary school's production of Bugsy Malone. I still don't know why I did it. What was weird is that almost ten years later, I met a girl who, was at sc who I was at school with and was indeed at that fateful performance who refused to sleep with me because she thought I had a small penis, which is strange. Did she really think I still had an eight-year-old's penis? I mean, attached to me, not in a jar or anything. Um, and I think she may have been making an excuse. I used to get stiffy on the bus home from school every day in the same place. I mean, yeah, your, your stiffy does generally come up in the same place. Oh, I see. It was at a point where the road service got a little rougher and there was a lot more deep, warm and satisfying vibrations. Unfortunately, this was only two stops or 100 yards from where I had to alight. So everyone who travelled that bus thought there was some weird kid that lived nearby with posture worse than the hunchback of Notre Dame um, with his hands permanently glued into his pockets, possibly literally. I once took part in a biology experiment at school involving yeast and used a urinal immediately afterwards without washing my hands first. A couple of days later, my penis began to itch horrifically. Another day went by and red spots appeared all over it. Horrified, I went to see my doctor, who kindly informed me with a wry smile that my biology experiment had given me thrush. My girlfriend laughed in my face until she started itching too. Ah, oh, it could be in a sitcom. It might be in a sitcom. I might put it in a sitcom. I was wearing a kilt and a woman lifted it up for a look, for a look and she's... She said, bloody hell, it's tiny. I said, it's like an acorn and would grow into a mighty oak. I felt like a smart ass. She just replied, I haven't got a hundred years to hang around, love, and walked off laughing. Which is pretty strong. All of that is pretty strong. But that woman wins. When I was 19, drunk at a party, I pulled my trousers down and stuck a pair of sunglasses on my penis. Then I got my friends to interview it on camera, pretending it was Bob Dylan. <sighs> what can you say? I mean, some of these just get... I mean, some there are a few that I just don't really want to read out, but I think I might... There's some things on in this survey that I just can never reveal to the public. There's a very interesting one about a, uh, a supposedly heterosexual uh, pop star who was... Uh, someone told me a story about uh, him having, him being inside that pop star. Although the pop star was wearing a mask, he recognised him from his tattoos and his voice. Um, 
but uh, I can't give you any more information about that. Uh, I had to give a semen sample at a local hospital. There's a little room or masturbatorium to use as you have to go. So you, ha- you have, a, have to go and find a toilet cube. Oh, sorry. I had to give... Let's edit that bit out, Terry. I just got excited about nearly naming the uh, pop star. Uh, so just take that out and don't worry about it. Okay, make sure that gets taken out. I had to give a semen sample at a local hospital. There is no little room or masturbatorium so you, so we have to go and find a toilet cubicle. Whilst, that's very odd that you have to do it in the toilet. Whilst working up a head of steam, I became aware of someone standing outside the cubicle queuing to use it. I continued to work away as quietly as possible. I was getting the small sample pot into position to catch the semen when at the moment of ejaculation, the guy outside banged on the door with his fist and asked, was I going to be long? I dropped the pot which rolled out of the cubicle and managed to launch my sample into the air and straight down into my underpants. I asked for the pot back, but the man huffed out and left. I shuffled out of the cubicle with sample nestling in the, clo- nestling in the clothes still around my ankles. Bear asked, I looked for the pot. It's in the urinal. No wonder he didn't want to pass it back. I rinsed it out. <laughs> shuffled back to the cubicle, scraped the seabed out of my underwear, cleaned myself and trotted off to the pathology lab. I think the point with those things is they're quite sterile, the pots, and, you know, you're probably not meant to take the semen off your clothes. It's probably not a very useful sample. God, what's all this? It's got pears and urine in it of other men. Uh, <laughs> you'd be the new Mark Armand room, obviously lying urban myth. The only other man to mess with my bits was an octogenarian doctor who did my vasectomy. A scary moment. I would recommend a younger, less shaky option. Uh, a bigger boy down my street once told me that my little toe was my penis. Uh, you could only, I could only imagine the confusion my parents felt when as a prepubescent boy I screamed, Ow, my penis, after stubbing my toe. Uh, someone else says, Stuart Lee once tried to masturbate it with a puppet of, of sooty. That is not true. He would never do that kind of thing. He only uses very old uh, ventriloquist dummies in his disgusting work. Uh, one morning the postman knocked with a parcel and I had morning glory, so I did what everyone does. Not sure this is true. I tucked it in the waistband of my pyjama bottoms. I went to the door, uh, collected the parcel from the slightly weird acting postie and then came back inside to discover that I'd inadvertently tucked my pyjama top under my penis so my bell end was just right there popping up out of my pants. Now this one's weird. (laughs) I have to say, I'm going to read it to you and you can see what I have to cope with. It did make me laugh more than anything else whilst reading through these answers. I have been kicked out of the Sistine Chapel, the Vatican itself, the Louvre, the V&A, the National Portrait Gallery, the Duomo in Florence and the ruined city of Pompeii for taking photos of me with my penis out in inappropriate places. Pompeii was a particular highlight as we were walking around a restricted section while no one was looking and I had it in the hand of a petrified corpse when the attendant guy walked round the corner. And there's a smiley face at the end of that. I'm not sure that's appropriate. Uh, so, um, well, that's uh, that's everything I'm going to read from the uh, questionnaire. I, I, I did promise you a few uh, penis facts for this possibly final podcast. If I do come back, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, DVD is going to be released in July. I might do another one then to remind you. But uh, if you want to buy the DVD, if you can't get to see the show, do, do go to www.gofasterstripe.com. Dot com. If you want to find out about the remaining 11 tour dates, go to richtraining.com slash talkingcock2 slash tour.php. As I've said, we're going to, uh, depending when you're listening to this, uh, Hereford, Swindon, Exeter, Tewkesbury, Tring, Reading, which is sold out, Milton Keynes, Hartford, 
Regent's Park in London, this extra London gig, which has been added very late, and it's a massive theatre. It would be terrific if uh, 1,200 people want to come and see me there, but I would be very satisfied with a couple of hundred. Uh, so do come along if you missed it in London. Uh, Derby, which is selling pretty well as well, and Leicester, which isn't selling all that well. It's going to be a kind of slightly uh, uh, anticlimactic, uh, ironically, uh, end to the tour, I think. We have had some fantastic gigs, some big audiences, some small audiences, I think everyone, uh, you know, on the whole, I'm not sure everyone who's come to see it has thought the show was magnificent, but all, I think of all the shows I've done, this seems to have uh, been the one that the audiences really seem to get behind and like, uh, and universally, which, you know, is not what I'm aiming for. I'd like to make one person in every audience laugh, as you know, and no one else. Uh, but uh, it would be terrific if you wanted to come along and see those. I will be um, returning with the Leicester Square Theatre podcasts on the 27th and the 27th of May you can download the, download this for free from iTunes or the British Comedy Guide but if you uh, check out my webpage you'll see that I'm also um, trying to sell videos of those podcasts really just to cover the costs which I don't think we're going to do it's going to cost quite a lot to film them but I'm kind of interested in seeing if we can make sort of TV quality or close to TV quality shows and put them on the internet and see where that leads us so if you want to get involved with that, go to www.gofasterstripe.com slash podcasts and um, you'll be able to buy, you can either buy the Stuart Lee uh, podcast that we did uh, last year at the Leicester Square Theatre. That's also available on the Fist of Fun Series 2 uh, DVD. If you've got that already, you don't need to buy it. But um, uh, And then also you can buy a series pass to the next six, which will of course include a bonus of the uh, the Pappies podcast that we did in Mchanfech. So um, it'd be lovely if you wanted to support those things, if you enjoyed all this free stuff, uh, either by the DVD or the book Talking Cop, which you can also get from GoFasterStripe.com, or come and see my new Edinburgh show, We're All Gonna Die, at the Fringe. It will also be on tour. Uh, and as long as people keep buying those sort of things, I can keep doing all the free content as well. And uh, as I say, the Less Square Theatre podcast will still be free on audio. So if you can't afford to pay for them or you don't want to see them, you just like listening to them or you resent the idea that I might get paid for all the work I'm doing, then don't pay. It's fine. But also, if you like these podcasts uh, and you don't want, if you can't do anything else, it'd be lovely if you just told your friends about them, any friends you think might enjoy them, anything, any friends you don't think will join, don't tell them because I don't, I kind of want like a nice gang of people who like what I'm doing. Hope that all makes sense. Uh, anyway, I'll give you a few cock facts to uh, end. Uh, this particular podcast and maybe the podcast series off there are plenty more of my podcasts available as I've said if you uh, have been enjoying these do try them out the snooker one is a particular favourite of everyone's me one versus me two snooker uh, cock fact ever wondered why it's difficult or impossible to urinate when you have an erection sperm is killed if it comes into contact with urine so to prevent this an involuntary reflex causes the internal urinary sphincter muscle to shut down essentially the tube to your bladder is squeezed so nothing can seep out it's one of nature's many wonders and it's bloody annoying if you're out for a definite shag with everything up and running but a full bladder oh I've been there a few times because you know you've had a few drinks haven't you uh, cock fact in the 15th century in Ara, India, when men reached puberty, it was the custom to insert tiny bells under the skin of their penis. Any man who did not have those titillating bells would be shunned by the local women. Uh, this may have been the origin of the phrase, pull the other one, it's got bells on it. Probably not. Uh, the average man will ejaculate more than a trillion sperm in his lifetime. That's 14 gallons of jizz. Given that sperm banks in the UK will pay you up to £15 a shot, you fellas are literally sitting on a gold mine. Though if you are actually sitting on it, you might not be such a good source of revenue. Keep it nice and cool. 
Um, 14 gallons. The tradition is part of the elite. The male members of the royal British family are circumcised. However, Princess Diana declined to have the surgery performed on her own sons. So Charles has been done, but William and Harry remain intact. It's the roundheads and the cavaliers all over again. Uh, cock fact! The pig has a corkscrew penis and every time it ejaculates it produces about a pint of semen. A pint? That's very nearly an armful of pig semen. Uh, cock fact! The elephant has the biggest penis of any land mammal. It's about six feet long. So maybe there is a correlation between the size of the nose and the size of the penis after all. The blue whale beats that into a cocked hat though. Its penis is about ten feet long and you can make your own Moby Dick joke here. I'm getting a bit fed up of all this by now, as you can probably imagine. Uh, according to the Roman poets Ovid, Marshall and Columella, Columella, I've never heard of them. I've written it down loads of times, so I must have done. Columella, Cress po possesses, let's, uh, we'll start that one again, Terry. I've looked a bit of an idiot, so um, not knowing who Columella was. Never heard of him or her. Um, so yeah, just uh, obviously cut this out, retake. Thanks, Terry. According to the Roman poets Ovid, Marshall and Columella, who uh, I've always known how to pronounce. A crest possesses awesome erotic power. They were backed up by the Roman doctor called Marcellus Empiricus and re recommended three scruples of crest, three of red onion, three of pine seed and three of Indian nard as a cure for impotence. Impotence. Hmm, lovely, lovely crest. Which is a little throwback to uh, some work I did quite a long time ago so <laughs> uh, look that's it uh, I hope you've enjoyed these podcasts like I say maybe do another one again next week just to publicise the London date and the Derby and Leicester date uh, but probably not I'm pretty busy I've got quite a lot on I've got to write a new show for starters um, but uh, I'll be in Edinburgh doing We're All Gonna Die and the Edinburgh Fringe podcast I'm in London in May and June and July doing Leicester Square Theatre podcast you can buy tickets to see that as well uh, and in the autumn I'm going to be doing more Leicester Square Theatre podcasts and something called Rich Herring's Meaning of Life almost certainly uh, which is a monthly new stand-up show that will be filmed uh, and up for sale online um, my dad's just arriving back home so I have to I'm in Cheddar doing this by the way so yeah I'm staying in Cheddar with my folks uh, and if he catches me doing a, a podcast about penises and then put it on the internet, I'll be in all kinds of trouble. I've just seen him driving up. So I'm going to have to go. Thanks so much for listening to these. They'll, be, they'll stay up. Do tell your friends about them. Hope you've enjoyed all the information. Loads of more information in the book, Talking Cop from GoFasterStripe.com. There'll be loads of information in the DVD, Talking Cop, The Second Coming. Uh, which will be available from GoFasterStripe.com from July onwards, I hope. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'll see you soon. I can see my dad out the window. So I'm going to have to go. He might be eating lip balm. All right, bye. <laughs>